Everyone needs an estate plan. That's why FindLaw worked with lawyers from across the country and employed Thomson Reuters industry-leading form automation technology to create affordable, customizable, do-it-yourself estate planning documents. Forms available include a last will and testament, healthcare directive and living will, and financial power of attorney. You can purchase a form individually, or you can bundle all three for a 10% discount. Both individual and couples packages are available. FindLaw's estate planning forms are backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can update your finished estate plan for free for up to a year after purchase. There is no time like the present to start estate planning and get peace of mind, especially when you can do it from the comfort of home and at a fraction of the cost of going to an attorney. To get started, head to www.findlaw.com forms. Welcome to Sidebar, the bite-sized episodes of Fine Laws Don't Judge Me. I'm Laura Temme, and I'm joined by Joe Bobush. Hey, everybody. Hey, Joe. And we have Andy Leonetti as well. Hi. I understand that you're mad about something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little mad about this one, and I'm going to share some personal opinions, and you can take them or leave them. So I guess I'll, I'll just get straight into it. Um, Atlanta's Jeffrey Williams, better known as Grammy-nominated rapper Young Thug, was arrested in May. He's my dad's favorite. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Uh, He was arrested in May on charges of gang activity and RICO violations. And as they try to build a case against him, prosecutors have decided to go with, and this is where my personal opinion comes in, they're doing about the most nonsense litigation tactic I've seen in a criminal case in a long time. They want to enter his song lyrics into evidence. Fulton County prosecutors are trying to connect Williams to a large-scale criminal operation, listing him as a co-founder of Young Slime Life, also known as YSL. Is there a lyric where he says, I am the head of a large criminal organization? (laughs) No. Engaging in racketeering and other (laughs) other crimes of that (laughs) sort? Thank you for... (laughs) Thank you for joining me in finding this ridiculous because I watched this press conference with the Fulton County DA and the way she lays this out, she tries to make it sound like the most logical thing in the world. And I'm sitting here thinking, what is this? So, so YSL records, as far as most of us know, is Williams record label, but the Fulton County DA says that YSL is a street gang affiliated with the Bloods, which if you haven't heard of them for some reason is a well-known gang out of Los Angeles. And the indictment has a lot of charges and a lot of defense. I think there's 28 defendants and we're talking charges of everything from murder to witness tampering to robbery. And Young Thug is not alone. Another rapper from his label was arrested as well. That was um, Sergio Kitchens, who performs as Gunna. That's my dad's second favorite. (laughs) I really hope what you're telling (laughs) is true right now. I just, when when I first saw this case, I thought, okay, we we need to do this on sidebar because I mean, I'm, I'm already kind of a music history nerd. And then we, we've talked a lot about the First Amendment recently, and I just, I, I'm having a really hard time figuring out what, the, what these prosecutors are doing trying to enter these song lyrics. Um, so at, at, a prefer- at a press conference on May 10th, Fulton County District Attorney Fani Willis describes the First Amendment as one of our most precious rights. But then she went on to talk about how it apparently does not apply in this case. She said, the First Amendment does not protect people from prosecutors using their speech as evidence if it is such, and we believe that's exactly what it is. And it's like, okay, so this is feeling a little bit circular, but all right. And and I will say, maybe these guys are involved in a gang. I have no idea. 
But the prosecutors better have more than their song lyrics because it becomes a very circular argument. They're saying that the lyrics should be admissible as evidence, but the First Amendment is, has very broad protections, including artistic expression. Mm-hmm. So then they argue that Young Thug's lyrics prove he's involved in criminal activity and therefore they aren't protected as artistic expression. So to me, it feels a little bit like the hearsay problem where you can't enter an out-of-court statement to prove the truth of the matter asserted in that statement. And here they're, for example, trying to enter lyrics where he says he shot at someone to prove that he shot at someone. Well, okay, so so help me understand this, because by by prior agreement, we did not, me and Andy did not look into this at all. So help, help me yeah. wrap my head around this. So are there specific lyrics that they're pointing to involving specific people? Or is it just like a general, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and see that's why I'm kind of yelling about this because there are a lot of lyrics in the in the, the indictment is huge. It's 88 pages. I unfortunately did not have time to read the whole thing. And there are several instances of his, of his lyrics that they're trying to use. A couple examples. Um one where he where he says ready for war like I'm Russia. Um, another one, it's all mob business. We know to kill the biggest cats of all kittens. So I'll say a lot of rappers have pretended to be mobsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Common theme in music video, <laughs> in rap music videos of the 90s. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not naive. I'm not going to sit here and think that no artist has ever been involved in criminal activity. However, there's also this... I mean, I could get into like the nerdy music history of the murder ballad, but this is sidebar, so we don't really have time. Songs about murder, for example, have been a fixture in country and Americana music forever. Mm-hmm. And Earl had to die. <laughs> exactly. So it, I, my question in all this is, is someone going to go arrest Carrie Underwood for vandalism based on before he cheats? Are the chicks going to get indicted for murdering Earl? Um, let's see other ones. Eminem said he put his dead wife's body in the trunk of a car. If we want to really get weird with it, Alice Cooper made it pretty clear. He wants to eat you in feed my Frankenstein. So, (laughs) you know, and actually now that I think about it, Kesha sings, I am cannibal in one of her early hits. So maybe I should be scared of her too. You know, it's, it's too late for us to go after Johnny cash about the man he shot in Reno, but maybe we can get some of these other freaks. (laughs) I don't know young thugs upbringing, but. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of bombast in not just rap, but music in general. But rap, but rap mm-hmm. in particular, is known for a little for for some bombast in the lyrics. A good example I can think of that I know of is Little Little John. His dad was an engineer, and, and he grew up in a normal middle class house. And then he tries to act the most like hard guy ever. Well, and, and you see all sorts of artists sort of playing characters like, mm-hmm. um, you know, the the weekend recently had an album where it's all kind of a character or yeah, you've got a lame character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we're getting into Andy's opinion corner again. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, songs are storytelling in a lot of cases. And so the fact that this is coming in. Uh, yeah, I mean, I the oh, man, it's just a lot. And it's it's hard to dismiss the fact that this comes up most often with black artists, specifically black rappers, Mm -hmm. because this is not the first time that song lyrics have come up in a criminal trial. When Snoop Dogg was on trial for murder in 1996, for which he was acquitted, by the way, the DA quoted Snoop's song Murder Was the Case in closing arguments in an effort to prove his guilt. They did the same thing with Takashi 6ix9ine, who I think just goes by 6ix9ine now. I'm not sure. 
Not a I huge don't fan know. Of I'm him. too old. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> um, I've never heard of Young Thug, so I can't. Say yeah, that. he was. Yeah, Young Thug was a first for me today too. This keeps coming up, and it seems to yeah primarily be with black artists, and that's where we really start to have a problem, in my opinion. Um, there are some jurisdictions that are trying to put a stop to this kind of thing. In 2014, the New Jersey Supreme Court ruled that rap lyrics can't be used as evidence in a criminal trial. That was State versus Vontae Skinner. And in Tennessee, in 2016, a federal district court held that rapping about selling drugs does not make it more likely that the defendant did, in fact, sell drugs. And it, it seems like the judge is kind of of the same the same mindset that I am in this, where in that same opinion, the judge wrote, one would not presume that Bob Marley actually shot a sheriff or that Edgar mm-hmm. Allan Poe buried a man beneath his floorboards. It's, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. we've, so we see places recognizing that this is storytelling and that, no, you've you got to do better than that. You've got to have, give me some, some actual evidence. And one interesting thing is in November of last year, New York state senators introduced a bill that, uh, it's Senate bill, S-727, better known as Rap Music on Trial. And this, in New York, would ban the use of art created by a defendant as evidence against them in a courtroom. And that was passed by the New York State Senate in May. It still needs to be approved by the full assembly, I believe. Other jurisdictions are recognizing that this is probably not a good idea. But (laughs) yeah, at this point, the prosecutors in Atlanta are, or Fulton County rather, are going right ahead with this. And I am confused. I will say a woman did just get, a woman who wrote a book about how to kill <laughs> oh. your husband did just get convicted yes. for killing her husband. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> Sometimes art does imitate life. Yeah. So, Sometimes, Sometimes it does. Yeah. And, and I think I would have less of a problem with it if people were, if they were talking about, say, you know, things people are putting on social media where they're talking about things that they're doing. But yeah, I just I'm, I'm having a really hard time getting over just sort of the yeah, the artistic expression thing. And where do we draw the line? And I'm mad, guys. I'm mad. <laughs> I can tell I like it. Um, so <laughs> so can we get into the the legal stuff a little bit? So they're going after him under Rico. For for what mm-hmm. exactly? What do what do they? So they think it's what drug trafficking? Do they think there, are there crimes of violence involved? Like what are they charging? Yeah, him it's it's pretty much it's pretty much all of the above. There was yeah there was um, yeah murder, robbery, drug trafficking, um, witness tampering, rackets, racketeering, <laughs> whatever racketeering is. Joe, can you fill the folks in on what racketeering <laughs> is? Because I've never really figured out how to explain it other than mob stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, that actually sums it up pretty well. Um, so first, I because sometimes we talk about the etymology of these words. It's kind of fun. So racketeering comes from uh, pickpockets who used to make noise to distract people, and then they would pick their pockets, and then they would call it an organized like racketeering to I did not people. know that. Yeah, wow. kind of cool, isn't it? Okay. Um, so that's a little side note. But yeah, racketeering was made... It was passed by Congress in 1970, I believe, or thereabouts anyway. And it was designed specifically to go after organized crime because, of course, if you're the head honcho of a mob, you are not going to be doing the dirty work yourself. You're going to be mm-hmm. passing that off to your underlings. You're engaged, you're engaged in the sanitation business. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Let's see, who's the Chicago mobster? He ran a flower shop. Al Capone. No, no, Al Capone was the one he fought against. This was the Northside gang. It was uh, O'Brien something. Oh, man. Yeah, anyway, I I, I like uh, learning about, about the mobsters. <laughs> so anyway, the, um, Rico wasn't around in the 1920s when I'm talking about, but it was definitely around, particularly in New York. Uh, the crime families were still growing, going strong in the 70s and 80s. Um, and so Congress passed RICO, and this was designed to go after the people who were the decision makers in criminal organizations. So basically, there are some key requirements to be charged under uh, what's called the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. That's what RICO stands for. And I guess maybe I'll just read it, and you can, and then summarize it here for everybody. So. It is unlawful for anyone employed or by or associated with any enterprise engaged in or the activities of which affect interstate or foreign commerce to conduct or participate directly or indirectly in the conduct of such enterprises affairs through a pattern of racketeering activity or collection of unlawful debt. Yeah, never mind. I'm, we're going to we're going to skip over that whole part. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Joe, it sounds like what you're telling me is that, especially in in Young Thug's case, they're trying to show that his record label is the front, and that's sort of the the connection. And like the Corleone family used Jenko olive oil as their legitimate business that they were importing, and if they were importing olive oil from Italy, it's not just that it has to be a front; it's that it's goes by an organizational level, so it's that it's a pattern of activity. It affects commerce. And yeah, it's, it's taking place at an organizational level is kind of the big key, um, because what was happening is that people wouldn't have evidence against the head guy. They needed mm-hmm. evidence. And so then they can say, well, here's the pattern of activity. It all revolves around this. So we're going to go after that guy. We're going to leave the one who actually did the crime, the you know extortion, bribery, etc., you know, we're still going to go after those guys, but then once we get them for those crimes, we're going to take them and then we're going to go up and we're going to charge the head guy with racketeering. And so that's kind of how it works. And that may be why it lends itself a little more to a case like this. Again, Mm -hmm. I'm not familiar with the case at all, so I don't want to speculate too much on it, but it is the kind of statute that might lend itself to a pattern of activity. My guess is that they're alleging that there's a pattern going on and he's talking yep. about all of these things. And um, that's, that's kind of their case basically. And maybe there is ever other evidence they have. I have no idea. That sounds like what they're heading with. I guess that song called I love racketeering was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of find laws. Don't judge me. Please subscribe to rate and review our show wherever you listen to podcasts check the show notes for related content. And if you'd like to contact us, send us an email at findlawpodcasts at thompsonreuters.com. 